Zoe Life Foundation, Austin Sparks edited Life Mindy. The Glorious Church and the Cross. Let's start in Romans is the message of the cross in all its measure, you can see the great measure of the cross. There the cross understands all things. The whole race ends in Adam and a new race begins in the risen Christ. It is very impressive that the first of these letters puts the cross to its full extent. You all know Romans was not the first letter written by Paul, but the Holy Spirit put it first in the arrangement. I believe that the Holy Spirit had something to do with the disposition of the books in the New Testament, and in his sovereign disposition of this book, he has placed the altar in its fullness from the beginning. Well, of course, you must remember everything you know about Romans to see that. In 1 Corinthians, the cross is applied to the natural and carnal man within the church. The natural and carnal man has come where he has no right to be. This unjust man has slipped through the door, and so the apostle brings Christ covering it over the natural and carnal man. The cross in 1 Corinthians had to do with that man, not outside the churches in Romans, but within the church. In 2 Corinthians, establishes the cross in relation to the service, it shows us that the service flows from a broken and humiliated glass. I can only say these things and leave the full explanation. In Galatians, the cross is overthrown by converting Christianity into another legal system and Christians into slavery. How strong is the apostle in that letter, but look how he uses the cross. He uses the cross tremendously against that effort to turn Christianity into a legal system, and to lead believers into slavery again. In Ephesians, the work of the cross is to put the church in a heavenly place. The cross in Ephesians completely cuts off the church from all earthly lands. It puts a glorious church out of time. It puts a pure church without spot or wrinkle outside the world. It puts the glorious church in the will and perfect communion of the Father through Jesus Christ as head. In Philippians, the cross applies to what is ruining the harmony of the Lord's people. There is a painful dislocation within the church. There is a place where things are unhappy, and that is due to personal interest and pride. So the apostle brings the cross there against this discord and dislocation, and points out that if only the cross were in those lives, everything would be fixed. In Colossians, the cross liberates from all false spirituality. The cross puts aside all that is mere mysticism, and all that would make Christ less than he is. In Thessalonians here, the cross is the force in suffering, it is the beginning. People suffered because of Christ. They were suffering the loss of all things, and they had thought that the Lord would have come to deliver them, and the Lord is delaying his coming. These sufferings are sufferings with Christ. They are suffering for the love of Christ, it is communion on the cross but suffering manifests itself in glory. The cross has a very real message for believers who suffer. And then we just concluded this with the letter to the Hebrews. In Hebrews, the cross shows how everything is complemented and completed. Now all this is related to the house inside. Touch the behavior, touch the character, touch the order, touch the service, touch our inclination to each thing and circumstance. This is why we realize that if the cross is in its place, everything will be aligned with the life of the child of God in us as a fragrant smell for the Father by His Holy Spirit. I have seen the Lord produce his new order, the glorious church by the cross. The cross is the key to everything. So, what is true inside is also true outside. It is the cross that affects the whole range of life and produces the glorious church that is its body. Glory, glory and more glory.